Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Good evening or good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Not Overthinking. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for everyone who's emailed us. Last episode, if you listened, we talked about going on a group holiday with a bunch of random people in the UK. Uh, And surprisingly, some of you actually replied to that. Um, So if you didn't listen to the last episode and you might be interested in going on a group holiday with random people in the UK, then have a listen and email us at hi at notoverthinking.com. Uh, Ali, what do you want to talk about today? So today, I think we should talk about consistency. And the reason I think we should talk about consistency is because at the moment, neither you or I want to particularly record this podcast. We have just come home from a long trip in Birmingham. We spent the whole day hanging out with our cousins. And it's, what's the time? It's, it's literally, it's like 20 to 1 in the morning. Um, but we need to get this podcast out on Saturday night so we can, we can, we, so we can like get it out by Sunday morning. Yeah, I was just asleep in the car for about an hour and a half. Actually, that was that was one of my worst car sleeps I've had because I was genuinely scared about your driving. Like I could not sleep peacefully. <laughs> Mate, my driving was, pre- was was pretty legit. Like once we got out of Birmingham city center, I think once the roundabouts became more reasonable, it was pretty solid. I was uh, listening to a new audiobook, Skyward, by Brandon Sanderson, one of my new favorite fantasy authors. If anyone's interested, but yeah, I think we should talk about consistency because when doing something like this podcast, we are deliberately sitting down at one o'clock in the morning the the day before it needs to be released to record it because we know that like w- why are we doing it <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a very good question why why are we doing all of this why are we doing all this um and i think talking about that means that we can we, we can start thinking about other areas in our life where we have been consistent and i think i think it's pretty reasonable to say that consistency in general is is a good thing to accomplish the question is how do we get consistent at doing the things that we know we should be doing anyway like we know that some things are inherently valuable yeah yeah exactly um i i think actually consistency is what i think there's like a few magic bullets that maybe like two or three that if someone could just immediately fix this problem for me everything in my life would get sorted out i think one of them is like getting up at, at the same time every single day which actually i guess comes down to consistency <laughs> um and if someone just told me you know when i was like six years old listen basically the only thing that matters in what you do is is just being consistent like in pretty much everything whether that's fitness whether that's education whether that's you know hobbies everything that matters is showing up and doing the thing on a regular basis um and if if that problem could be solved for me i feel like everything else would would be fine you know yeah absolutely um i i fully sympathize with with the waking up at the same time every day like there was a period of about two or three weeks where i had i, I had the perfect morning routine mm. um i would I, I was on normal shifts at work so i.e starting at half past eight and finishing at 6 p.m for those of you who don't know i'm uh, uh, for those of you who don't know i'm i'm a doctor i publicize this you know on every social media platform but you know starting at half eight finishing at 6 p.m and i, I had this amazing morning routine where i'd, I'd wake up at 6 a.m I would make myself a little Nespresso using my Nespresso machine thing. Mm. I would sit down with my iPad Pro and like write some stuff. No, just for just for record, this is not a sponsored podcast. This is just <laughs> how Ali talks now. 
Oh, really? Well, it's, it, it's, uh, am I sounding sponsored? Uh, you know, my Nespresso machine. I sit down with my iPad Pro <laughs> oh, TM. Okay, yeah, all of that stuff. No, sadly, yeah. Apple are not sponsoring me. Neither is Nespresso. I'd be open to that. Um, anyway, I'd sit down with my iPad Pro and I'd write some stuff. And then I would go to the gym, which is like at work, at like half past seven. And then I'd work out until like 8.15, shower, get to work about half past seven. And this is like wow, an nice. in- incredible morning routine. And just being able to wake up at 6 a.m., it, like, it, like, it genuinely felt like a superpower. And when I, was, when I came to writing my, my, my weekly email newsletters, I, I then had stuff that I'd already written. So it was like the best thing ever. And then the routine fell apart. So how long, how long did this one last? I think this lasted for about three weeks three weeks i i kind of blame the fact that then i, I went on night shifts and then we went on holiday and you know all this stuff that disrupts a routine yeah but i think like when i was being consistent it did genuinely feel like a superpower i don't know if you've had any other cases in your life where you've been consistent at something and you've just realized how amazing it is yeah on the morning routine thing uh about every year for maybe about a month or something i'll just have a sick morning routine as you describe you know get up on time every day go to the gym do my stuff start work at, yeah, at the right time um and it's great but like you say, stuff always gets in the way. You go on holiday once for like a week and then boom, everything everything sort of loses the magic. Mm. So why, why, how did you enter this this routine for three weeks? How did I enter it? Um, What's, what sparked it? I think it was when I read Why We Sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I realized that, oh, I should, I should put my phone across the room from me so I don't go on my phone all night. Yeah. And I, I realized that I can just kind of have my, uh, have my Philips Hue lights controlled with Alexa. I can just kind of have it on like a very low, warm, yellow glow setting while right. reading in bed. Philips Hue light. Philips Hue light. Yeah. Not sponsored again, sadly. Uh, I tried, I tried messaging them on Instagram being like, Hey, I've got 25,000 subscribers. That was, this was back in the day. Uh, <laughs> Would you like to sponsor me? And they, they replied with the most corporate BS. They were like, I'm sorry. Thank you for your ear. Thank you for your message. We can sadly cannot assist you in this matter. And I was like, Amazing. I hate you guys. <laughs> I, you know, I really don't want to have to buy your light bulbs, but I, I ended up doing it anyway. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, before you started going on about the Philips Hue lights. Oh, we were, yeah, yeah, the morning routine. Uh, so I read Why We Sleep, uh, or rather I skimmed through Why We Sleep because I, I feel like I'd come across a lot of the con- concepts in it before. And I realized, you know what? I'm going to start you know, taking care of my sleep and taking care of my routine. And at the same time, I think I watched some YouTube videos about, maybe it was like Matt Diavella when he started waking up at 5 a.m. I, I can't remember exactly what, what caused it. But it was pretty much me just deciding that, you know what, from now on, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. And one, once I made that decision, and once I had this thing to look forward to in the morning, i.e. I'm going to, I have this ritual of making my coffee and sitting down with my iPad Pro, not sponsored, uh, in order to write something on Evernote. Again, not, sponsor, uh, not sponsored. Although I switched to, uh, to uh, Notion now. Um, one, once I had that in my head, then everything fell into place. Okay, nice. I think there's, I think there's a few things I'd like to unpack here. I think the, the first one is... Yeah, I guess the question is how how do we go from knowing that something is good and wanting to do something to the actual action of doing it? So presumably, I mean, you're what, like 24 now? Presumably since about the age of 14, you would have probably said, oh yeah, it's probably good to get up at like 6 a.m. every day and like do this useful stuff, Yes, right? Uh, same for me. But it doesn't sound like you were really doing that beforehand. Um, so what, what sort of changed between like age 14 and age 24, where all of a sudden you skim through why we sleep? Yeah. I, I've skimmed through it too. A lot, like you said, it has like a lot of similar concepts, uh, but I think it's worth reading because like, I, I never really realized just how important sleep is. Um, anyhow, this, the, there was this 10 year period of you, at least 10 years of you knowing that this thing is really valuable and knowing that really you should be doing this thing. What happened all of a sudden? It, it can't just have been 
skimming through this book and like watching some productivity YouTube videos? Surely not. Okay, so um, as, as, as you might know, I absolutely love to go on about the book Atomic Habits, which I think is sort of loosely based on the power of habit, both books about habit formation. Right. And there's like a four-pronged framework that they introduce in, in the book. And I can't quite remember what it is, but it's, it's, it's along the lines of that if you want to build a habit, there's four things you want to you wanna do to maximize your chances of, of doing it. Right. Uh, number one, you make it easy to follow. Number two, you make it satisfactory. Number three, you make it obvious, like, uh, you know, so, so for example, you know, having your toothbrush out and your flossing thing out rather than having it inside the thing. Or when you want to remove a bad habit, you know, putting your PS2 away, PS2, lol, PS4 away in a cupboard so you have to take it out. A, a few things like that. But like, to be honest, I think with the morning routine, what really did it for me was having something to actually do in the morning and deciding that I was going to do it. And that and that was this this kind of write, writing a writing ritual and b the gym ritual. Mm. So the writing ritual was because I write these weekly email newsletters, which is again something I want to talk about because I've been doing that for a year now, consistently every single Sunday for the last fifty two weeks. Nice. Um, and but also the gym thing, which again I was doing consistently for this three week period, and I really want to get back into doing consistently again. But I feel like with the gym, I don't really have a good reason to do it. And I think right, ultimately yeah. it's having the reason, you know, like when I was 14, yeah, I could get up at six and like, you know, w w you know, for that, for that hour before school, what am I going to do? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read Harry Potter again for the 18th time. Like, like, like yeah. genuinely, what would I do? Yeah. So I think a big, a really big part of it is having, 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 having the why as Simon Simic would say or something. Ah, okay. So right, right, right. Start with why. Um, I think, I think the, maybe the only time in my life when I've really had this concrete why. It was probably actually when I was around 14. I don't know if you remember this. That was sort of our World of Warcraft phase. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, this sounds tragic, but nothing has given me meaning in life in the same way that World of Warcraft did. Okay. Like that, that has what, been the, what do you mean? <laughs> the, the only thing where I would wake up excited to start the day and I'd like get <laughs> out of bed because it's like, oh yeah, I can get like an hour of WoW in before school. Or even if it was a weekend or the holidays, it'd be like, yeah, I can't wait to get on WoW right now and level up my character, do these raids and stuff. Nothing else has really been quite the same. When were you ever doing raids on WoW? I swear you were just farming turtle mounts and fishing and all that pointless stuff. I spent a lot of time trying to get a turtle mount. Yeah. It, I didn't get it in the end. Okay. Um, but I, the, the key is that I woke up early to try and get it. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you had your why. Your, your reason was. I wanted, to, I wanted to ride this turtle on WoW. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it made me get out of bed in a way that very few things have since. Again, this is not a sponsored post, by the way. Although try warcraft.com if you want to <laughs> if you want to try it out. Um, can, can you share with us what your character's name was? <laughs> character's name was Darkness with a Z on the end. Darkness with a Z on the end. I think we'll just leave it at that. Um, so World of Warcraft was your reason, Detra, as, as such. It was your reason to get up in the morning. Yeah. And you feel like since the age of 14, you've not had any other reason to get up in the morning. Nothing has been quite that powerful. Um, it seems like maybe the Nespresso is doing it for you. Mm, I don't know. It's, it's not even that. It's not the it's, Nespresso. It's, it's not even that nice. Like, like, to be honest, I don't even really like coffee. I just drink it because I want to be the sort of guy who drinks coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that whole signaling thing. And it's, it started a few years ago when one of my friends, Burhan, ordered a latte in a shop. And I was like, oh. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and previously, I I tried getting into coffee via mochas, but mochas feel a bit, you know, like like hot it's chocolate. It's a hot chocolate. It's a hot chocolate, honest. pretty much. So then I decided, you know what? I want to be the sort of guy who orders a latte. Yeah. And a few years later, I, I, I he ordered a flat white. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I need Bad. to be the sort of guy who orders a flat white. And actually, it was only recently, it was only about a year ago that I switched from flat white back to latte because I realized, you know what? 
a latte from Costa is nicer than a flat white from Costa. Um, and I don't care what the people think. I'm going to be a latte man. I don't need to be a flat white man. And don't even get me started on like double espresso and macchiato and all that other BS. How do, how do we get onto this? We're talking about the reason reason why. Yeah, the reason why. So, like, so these day, when you had your three weeks of consistency in your morning routine, the reason why was having your coffee ritual in the morning. Really? Oh, kind of. 10 years of knowing this valuable thing amounted to... I'm buying a coffee machine. Hang on. Hang on. I feel like there's a hole in this somewhere. <laughs> there's definitely a hole in this somewhere. Partly the reason I wanted to wake up in the morning was because I was doing some writing. Okay. And doing that writing was inherently valuable because I was it was contributing to my email newsletter. And that was something that I had just had to do every week. And I think like a big part of making making something consistent is just not giving yourself the option. So like sitting down to record this podcast, you were like, oh, we can just do it tomorrow morning. And I was like, no, 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 that's a, that's a slippery slope. We yeah. have to do it tonight because it has to come out at 9 a.m. UK time tomorrow morning. And that is, you know, we've not given ourselves the option. Equally for my email newsletter, equally now for your blog post that you write, you, is, is it every Thursday that it comes out? That's right. And you'd be up to 4 a.m. be like, oh, I have to release this blog post. And it, it sounds like you've just not given yourself the option of not doing it. Yeah, I, so I, I think what you said was interesting is that you you said that we, we you kind of have to do this thing you you know you have to do it mm. um and it's not entirely like rational or whatever rational is the wrong word um but i've certainly found that there's a long period where i understand that, that something is valuable for me to do and i understand that i sort of want to do it in 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 one sense um but it takes a while for this sort of understanding to reach almost like a critical mass uh and then once it does I don't know exactly what happens, but something just like clicks in my head. And honestly, extremely suddenly, I just know, okay, I, I just have to do this thing. Um, and so earlier this year, I mean, so I, I got into writing last year. It seemed like a valuable thing to do. It seemed fun and stuff. Uh, and so I wrote like a, the occasional blog post last year. Um, and it went, it went like reasonably well. People read it and stuff. But I still, for some reason, didn't yeah, I didn't, didn't really understand the whole consistency part of it. But then earlier this year, that sort of just clicked in place for me. Okay. I don't know if it was just that I read a bunch of stuff online about how, you know, writing consistently is really good. Um, and so it took a while for that to internalize. I don't know if that was it. But there, there does seem to be this like discrete moment at which something just internalizes within you. Have okay. you had that? Uh uh, are you are you sort of referring to when when something has officially become ingrained as a habit? Because there are a lot of people that that cite three weeks as being oh, if you can do this consistently for three weeks, then it'll be really easy to do. Um, is is that what you mean? Or uh, I think I mean something different. I mean, I think that definitely helps. Um, so yeah, my relationship with the gym has been pretty sporadic over the past few years. But I think at some point about a year ago, I had a similar like something clicking moment, mm. um, and I've actually been way more regular since then do you think that something clicking is to do with when you see results i don't think it is because for example with the gym thing results are extremely slow um for me with like writing my blog post every week for example not that many people read it occasionally a few people do it's it's not really a results thing so you'd be writing it even if no one was reading it is that really true i don't know if i'd be writing it if no one was reading it yeah but i certainly don't feel like I get any sort of immediate tangible reward for it or result for it out. Okay. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Because I've, I've been thinking about this idea of consistency and, and how we can kind of offer 
offer a framework a little so like for me i want to apply more consistency to my life in terms of healthy eating in terms of gym in terms of sleep in terms of waking up on time in, in terms of a lot of things but the few things that i do do consistently are i write this weekly email now we started recording this podcast and i feel like there is some element of this stuff going well that contributes to the fact that we're doing it consistently like if no one was reading my email newsletters or the email list wasn't growing i probably probably wouldn't be quote motivated to continuously do it week after week even on the weeks where i don't feel like it right you're right it, it does actually make a massive difference to have this sort of feedback loop i guess yeah like where, where you do something and you get almost an instant hit of something in return for doing it but of course the age-old problem is that whenever you're getting started with anything oh i think the creativity bit can can come in here as to, oh, our, as to our tagline whenever you're doing anything in the creative fields or i suppose whenever doing it whenever you're doing anything that requires consistency to get the results whether it's healthy eating or going to the gym you just won't see results for a very long period of time yeah and like starting off in youtube starting off writing starting off anything like no one will give a flying f about your content or whatever you're making for at least a few weeks months maybe even years and you still and you just have to still do it consistently. Yeah. So how do you how do how do people in general how do we do stuff like that consistently even when no one is watching? I think that's that's a tough one. Uh, I think it's really actually quite inspirational to look at sort of people who are big on platforms like YouTube now um, and see what they were doing back in the day. So like you've obviously heard of Marcus Brownlee. Um, he's got what, like 5 million subscribers now, oh, mate, like 8 million or something, like 8 million subscribers. <laughs> he's like probably the biggest like tech reviewer guy on YouTube. Second, third, but... second, third after <laughs> yeah. Ali Abdal, after Ali Abdal, after, uh, unbox therapy, Linus tech tips, but yeah, but know, like this guy, coming. this guy's yeah. absolutely prolific now. Enormous, he, absolutely he, huge. MKBHD. You should, you should check him out. Not he, he's like interviews people like Elon Musk and Bill Gates and stuff for his YouTube channel. And if you look on his channel about the videos he was making 10 years ago, it's a nerdy kid in his room reviewing, I don't know, what was it? Like, like a free laptop software. Yeah, yeah. Reviewing like, like do his laptop dodgy webcam. laptop software that you can almost guarantee no one was watching this for at least six months, a year, so two actually, years. It's really funny that you mentioned Marcus Brownlee because uh, I don't know if you've seen his hundredth video. No. So this started for for some reason is his hundredth video started getting recommended on random people's like algorithm feed homepage things on YouTube several months ago. And in that video, he says, "Oh my God, guys, it's my hundredth video." And guess what? I've got eighty six subscribers. That's amazing. And you know, just watching that, you think, "Oh my God, That's you, inspirational. Made, you made a hundred videos, and you're just hitting eighty six. That's absolutely mental." <laughs> I'm I'm sort of I'm I'm not quite tearing up right now, yeah. but I, I'm getting a little bit emotional because I I always I always have this thing where like I'm trying to do something and I'm like I'm like trying to do it for like a couple of weeks or something and I'm seeing no results. And I sort of start to feel a bit sorry for myself, like oh man, you're trying to do this thing, you're seeing no results, and then I think, well, actually, you know, all these people out there who have sort of achieved success or like done something valuable, you know they've done it for a very very long time before anything even happened and so if you if you haven't done something for like a year with no results you don't really have a right to complain i think yeah and i think i sort of internally complained very very quickly and then i have to tell myself look no all these other people who are who are doing these things you know they did it for like a year plus with no reward no outcome no feedback and then you know things started going up after that and so 
yeah, the, the, t- the table stakes for these things is doing it consistently for like, I don't know, a year it seems like a, a, a year month. or two years. You know, just like any large amount of time before you, before you have the right to complain. Um, are you familiar with Mr. Beast? He rings a bell. Is he a gamer? Uh, yeah, he sort of started off gaming videos. He's now got like 20 million subscribers. He, he appeals to like kind of the younger demographic. Right. He's, he, he makes videos like uh, where he donates $100,000 to att- attractive Twitch streamers oh, okay. or, or, or that sort of thing. Or, right. or, or recently yeah. started, started making videos that are like, you know, um, uh, whoever stays inside this Tesla the longest gets to keep the car. Oh, wow. And okay. these videos <laughs> get like 20, 30 million views each. But he had a really, really good interview with Casey Neistat, famous YouTube vlogger, right. on Casey's channel. Um, this came out last week. And this was super inspirational because they were talking about how he grew from zero subscribers to 20 million subscribers. And it was very much a case of for six years, he was posting videos of himself playing Minecraft, playing games, and no one cared. Maybe he had like six a thousand subscribers. Years. For six years, he was doing this. And then he he suddenly started to, started to make it big. And yeah. his whole thing was about how when, 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 you know, a kid says, oh, they want to be a YouTuber, they look at the people who've made it big, but they don't appreciate the amount of effort, the amount of grind that has gone into this, the amount of consistency that's gone into that. Yeah. And I think that really just goes back to how consistency is, is just the ultimate superpower. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's always eye-opening for me to see someone who I think is like super cool and doing like really cool stuff and see just how long they've been at it. Um, I had a phase where I was like really into sort of filmmaking and things like that. And I watched interviews with actors and, and directors and producers and stuff. Um, and yeah, it, it feels like so many people are overnight successes when actually basically no one is, right? Um, like someone would have been doing random TV ads and random TV shows no one's heard of for like 10 years. And then suddenly they get their big break in some uh, you know major movie or TV show. Um, the same for like tech. Uh, you hear about these companies all of a sudden that are like doing really well, but actually the founders have been doing it for like at least six years or something. This was their third company attempt, um, all this kind of stuff. So it's always really eye-opening to see that. Um, I think when it comes to most things, for some reason in our head, we kind of have the causality the wrong way around. For some reason, there's... Oh, this is sounding good. Right, expand. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Lay down the theory. (laughs) Here is is where the the overthinking comes in. (laughs) Right. So it it feels like the, the narrative in our head of the way things work is that inspiration comes and then action follows from it. So it's like, ah, you know, in writing, it's a really common sort of trope that like, oh, I need to be inspired to write and then I'll write. Or like, oh, I need to, I need to feel like I'm going to the gym. I want to go to the gym and then I'll go to the gym. Um, So for some reason, the the myth in our head, I I don't know if everyone has this. I think they do. It just seems to be, uh, yeah, a myth in society in general. Feeling has to come before action. Yeah, yeah. So in order to go to the gym, I need to feel like I should go to the gym. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, effectively, the whole kind of like uh, idea that motivation is required in order to get an action done. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not just when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, even even when it comes to things like, you know, faith and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm Muslim, for example, and a common thing is like, oh man, it's time to pray. Um, I, I just can't be asked to pray right now. Um, and like, it, you know, sometimes you think, oh man, I, I, I don't really feel it. My heart's not really in it. Maybe I should just not do it. Um, but then when you talk to sort of people who are extremely serious about this stuff and know, and know a lot about it, what they say is that like, you know, sometimes everyone goes through that. And the whole point is that even when you are feeling that way, 
you do the thing anyway. And doing the thing leads to you wanting to do the thing even more. Um, and so like inspiration might lead to action, but action very much leads to inspiration. So it's, it's like a, it's like a loop rather than a one way sort of causality oh, arrow thing, um, <laughs> you know, that's a pretty solid theory. Um, but I don't know why we have this myth of like inspiration and then action. Like that seems to be like the default. And then you have to break out of that and understand that action leads to inspiration. Yeah, well. very much. So uh, what you just said reminds me a lot of this, of, the, of, the, of this article about motivation that changed the game for me that I've, I recommend ad nauseum to anyone who follows my stuff. And that like the, the tagline of this is that motivation is a myth. What you need is discipline. Mm. And it talks exactly about how this, we, we just have this wrong in our heads. We think that we need to be inspired in order to do something, but actually it's the other way around. It's like, we should do something. And then over time, the inspiration will come. Yeah. And, almost the instant you realize that like once it's been put into words and been like phrased in a nice way then you're like oh my god and he says in the article that there are very few uh sort of actual reasonable uses of the word paradigm shift um okay. but this is a true paradigm shift oh, like okay. where you suddenly realize oh my god actually i don't need inspiration i don't yeah. need motivation all i need to do is action yeah and i suppose that kind of comes back to the original idea of doing the of doing this particular topic like why are we recording this podcast at half past one in the morning yeah. and we're both tired and just can't be bothered i'm kind of i'm kind of into it now yeah, I'm, I'm, into I'm, it now. I'm glad I we think, did this i think I've we warmed up tea. Yeah. yeah oh i'm gonna have some have some cashew nuts while you you finish your thoughts um yeah there's a really good quote by a writer i can't remember exactly who uh it's something along the lines of i only write when inspiration strikes Fortunately, it strikes at 9 a.m. every morning. Oh. <laughs> it's so good. That's it's really so good. good. That's and like, really, really I, good. I've, I've started to read a bit of like theory around writing, I guess, and like, you know, how to become a better writer and, and, and how to do these things. Um, and yeah, one really common thread is that you need to get this idea out of your head that you need to be inspired to write. The muse, yeah, there's this idea of like the muse, you know, the yeah. muse is like this force that sort of sings to you and sort of gives you ideas. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm going to be well-traveled and I'm going to kind of roam around these interesting bits. Then the inspiration to write will Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. Um, and it's just a complete myth. I, I don't know why that's the default model in our heads though for these things. Yes. Is it like, is it movies and stuff? I feel like a lot of this stuff might come down to movies where there's there's this moment where the character has like divine inspiration and they do their thing. You know, I think um, one concept I've been playing around with in my head is that um, a lot of the time the words we use to describe things uh, color the way that we feel about them. Oh my God, yes. So just the fact that the word motivation and the word inspiration exist yes. and are part of standard vocabulary means that we are forced in a way to think of them as things that we have to do. Incredible. I, I don't have the motivation for this. You know, if you if you erased the word motivation for like literally I never ever use the word motivation anymore unless I am, you know, if someone's like, oh I'm so unmotivated, I'm like, oh God, tell me about it. Because, you know, if it's someone I don't know very well, I don't want to give them a rant about why motivation is a myth. Sure. I just I just don't use the word anymore. Equally I don't use the word inspiration anymore. Yeah. And I think the the sooner we can scrub these useless words from our vocabulary, the more the more consistent, the more like better humans will will end up being. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. I I'm actually very impressed that you've uh, <laughs> you've come up with this. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I've also been recently thinking a lot that like language just sort of shapes our thinking in these invisible ways that you don't really notice, and that like it's really valuable to try and understand and undo all the weird things that sort of the language we use has actually done to you. Um, so yeah, I mean, the fact that the word inspiration exists. Uh, it sort of enforces this model in your head that oh, okay you are inspired to do something and then you do it um 
And the same goes for like motivation. Yeah, I think actually, um, this, is, this is probably a chat for another time, but I think the phrase, I don't have time, is also a really big uh, sort of culprit in this sort of in this idea that the language of of what we used to describe things colors are thinking about them like yeah. I, I don't have time encourages to think of time as like a currency that you know is out of our control like almost like you know i don't have the money to buy a lamborghini okay fair enough i don't have the time to go to the gym it like it, 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 it almost makes us think of time as this currency that it's 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 not within our control yeah but, yeah but, but that's a conversation for another time so well like, i i, I okay. think just just on that note yeah i think there are a lot of these harmless phrases that you you kind of hear other people say um, in real life and in movies and stuff, things like, I don't have time. And so, for example, if someone asked you, Ali, why aren't you going to the gym? You, you might just sort of th- have this like throwaway phrase that you've heard and you'll say, oh, I don't have time. And like, you won't think too much about it, but that will actually enforce this model in your head about like how time works and how exactly. you having time works and, yeah. and all this stuff. Uh, there was like, again, on that note, even though we're trying to get off the topic, um, there was a, a conversation I was having with a friend of mine. She was saying that... Um, this 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 event has made me really angry so it 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 was something super trivial it was like you know she was picking me up from the train station and wasabi was going to have their half price thing from half past 9 till 10 p.m. but she got to the store at 10:01 and they refused to give her you know half price food or any food they were just like sorry we're closed even though they were going to throw away the sushi Outrageous. and like for for the rest of the evening she was like oh you know that wasabi thing has made me so angry and i was like all right molly come on <laughs> <laughs> what do we know about you know things and like feelings and like you know it's not really the events that make us happy or sad it's us the story we tell ourselves you know so all that stoicism you, you mansplained her feelings to her 100 yeah <laughs> yeah 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 pretty much um nice i feel like she appreciated it i don't know if she actually did it doesn't matter either way um how do we get on that topic we were talking oh yeah we were talking about we were talking about words and phrases so words and phrases. i don't like the i don't like the word motivation i think the sooner we can scrub it from our vocabulary the better we'll all be in in the long run so coming back to this idea of consistency so we introduced this podcast by saying by saying that doing stuff consistently over a long period of time is obviously beneficial like we don't need to convince anyone of that that consistency is a superpower and we talked about how there are people like there's a you know the myth of the overnight success and then in terms of sort of practical strategies that you and i or people listening can use to become more consistent at doing stuff i think we said that having having a reason to do it is like a really big part of it yeah Uh, you were talking about how with world of warcraft you know (laughs) it gave you a reason to get up in the morning I was talking about how with my, you know, the fact that I have to write an email as a newsletter, it gives me a reason. But I think we also talked about how removing the optionality <laughs> from... Hello. <laughs> hello, throwback to last episode. Uh, removing the optionality from from this makes, makes it a lot easier to do. Like if it's not an option that we're having to record a podcast for 9am every Sunday, we're going to do it somehow or the other. It's, it's going to get done. Yeah. And I think that there's a real like reinforcing factor. Like the next time it comes around to sort of, oh, we haven't done a podcast this week yet. It's like Saturday and we think, you know, oh man, I'm really tired. Maybe we should just do it tomorrow. Then we'll think, oh no, last Saturday we did that. We're really glad we did it. This is obviously something we should we should actually do. And so it, it is very much just like loop that feeds itself. Yeah. And have we, have we got any other tips for consistency? Any other sort of areas of consistency in, in your life that you can sort of distill out a reason as to how they worked? I think, I don't, I don't know, I think one of the few consistent things in my life has been that I've just been remarkably inconsistent about most things. Um, I think when when you are when you're sort of intrinsically motivated to do something like something you really enjoy, for example, um, then you almost don't need to have these sort of hacks, and you don't need to sort of rewire your brain mm. to make you do them. For example, going to the gym, 
I'm always glad I did it. It's kind of fun, I guess, but like I'm never excited to do it. Whereas when I'm working on a new sort of tech project or something, that is something I'm actually intrinsically motivated to do. And so like if I look back on the last 10 years, I have actually consistently worked on random tech stuff just out of my own interest. Um, and so like trying, yeah, I guess like trying to align your uh, your own interests with the things that you want yourself to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's probably a more sort of uh, tight way of phrasing it. Yeah. Um, I felt... I felt like you were going to say something. So I felt like you were going to say something profound. Perhaps, like, um, aligning your best interests with your interests. Aligning your best interests. <laughs> with your interests. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Or, or, or something pithy and tweetable like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I was thinking uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was having a squash match uh, with a friend at like seven o'clock in the morning, and I was fully, you know, got up in the morning, got changed, you know, into my squash gear, packed all my work kit, went to play squash. Did, uh, I didn't need the motivation to do that. I didn't, right. you know, even though I hate the word motivation, I, d- I didn't need to hack my brain to make it happen. Yeah. Whereas getting up to go to the gym at 7 a.m. or it's going to be just like a weights workout that's going to be hard and not fun yeah. is a completely different ball game. And I think when people struggle with consistency and, you know, motivation in inverted commas, it is almost exclusively for things that they don't enjoy doing in the moment or the idea of the, or, of doing the thing doesn't seem inherently fun. Yeah um so yeah so removing the optionality from from your choice uh recognizing that consistency is a superpower and i guess also aligning your best interests with your own interests yeah would be ways of making things more consistent yeah but i think if there's if there's one takeaway it's that the model is not that action comes from inspiration the model is that action leads to inspiration and so even though i don't enjoy going to the gym every time i do it if I do it consistently for like six months, I will actually start enjoying it and it will be something I look forward to doing. Yeah. Yeah, that seems that seems reasonable. Have we got any other insights on this topic or should we, should we draw it to a close? I think that's all I've got, to be honest. Yeah. I probably have some more, I think, given that this is a standard thing that I talk and write about and read about for ages, but it's now almost two o'clock in the morning and I think, I think we should wrap this up. Cool. So, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I suppose we talked about consistency and, and stuff. Hope you found this episode semi-useful. Perhaps you can take away some lessons. Uh, what was that quote again? The, the writer one? I think that's great. Yeah, the writing one. It's, uh, I only write when inspiration strikes. Fortunately, it strikes at 9 a.m. sharp every morning. Oh, cool. Uh, we have, for our ending segment, we have the insight slash funny thing of the week. Have you got anything in the old noodle? Oh, Ollie? hang on. Let me think about that while you talk about your one. <laughs> uh, funny thing this week. What have I done this week? Man, I haven't done anything particularly interesting this week. Ah, oh, come on. There must be a funny thing. All right, fine. I'm going to I'm going to have a bit of a cop out and tell you a funny thing to watch. In January this year, I discovered a TV show called Would I Lie to You? Uh it's a British comedy panel show. It's been going on for like 10, 15 years or something. I'd always see it on like the TV guide thing on Sky and I'd think, "Oh yeah, this is probably some like Jeremy Kyle kind of thing where the lie detectors and stuff like that." Yeah. And so I I, I just He's re- telling the truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not your son. <laughs> Um, How do you feel about that, eh? Yeah, I'd always, I'd always see that and just assume that oh, this is a rubbish show. But I, I got into watching clips of this on YouTube, and it's completely changed my life. Uh, it's, it's so funny. I feel like binging YouTube clips of this has actually made me funnier. Um, I don't know if my friends will agree. I hope they will. Um, and so, while I don't have a funny thing of the week, I can provide you with weeks of funny things if you <laughs> watch what I lie to you clips on YouTube. Uh, I'll post a link to a really good one in the show notes. I, I was I was pretty happy with my funny thing of the week. 
weeks of funny yeah things. i know yeah i, I, yeah. I was thinking that the, the, that was quite a nice little uh, turning it on we should have a applause track that we can play we at times like that actually so um i'm, I'm working on a video uh it's going to have a very clickbait title oh, yeah. um it's going to be called something like uh how i came first at cambridge university oh, by mem- no, my no, essay memorization no, framework no. i know it's it's got to be done but at the start i have uh where i'm like oh and uh, and this was the method that i actually used in my third year at cambridge university and i ended up coming uh, and I ended up ended up uh, uh, winning the prize for for best exam performance. And in the background, I've got like a kids cheering. <laughs> like, yay! <laughs> it just sounds like three kids. Yeah. From primary school, be like, yay! Clap, clap, clap. Yeah, clap, that, clap. that sounds like an apt sort of applause track for our yeah. podcast. To be honest, exactly. So we'll try and put <laughs> applause track every time we come up with some kind of new insight although that would require far more post-production work than we can All right. really I feel like you've bought enough time just come out with your insight or funny thing I don't have an insight or funny thing damn um, yeah I'll think about it next time <laughs> I completely forgot that we were actually doing this segment uh, but I think that given that you've given people weeks of content that they can now watch yeah We'll put links in the show notes to all the stuff we've discussed. Uh, you should watch <laughs> MKPHD's 100th YouTube video where he has 86 subscribers. And I'll link this Mr. Beast Casey Neistat video as well if you're into that sort of thing. And I'm sure Tame will link, uh, you know, articles about writing and stuff that, you know, convince you that the, this idea that, that inspiration comes before action is a complete myth. Great. Let's wrap it up. Cool. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, have we got a way of actually wrapping this up? No. No, we don't. It doesn't matter. So thank you very much for watching. Uh, we hope you found this episode of uh, Not Overthinking enjoyable slash insightful slash entertaining slash, you know, just helped you pass the time on your commute or if you're just hanging out in the house. See you next week. Oh, and please leave us a review on iTunes and stuff. That would be wonderful. But yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening and have a good night. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.